This is that jujitsu podcast, not that college wrestling podcast. That's a <laughs> yeah. If you show. want to be on that college wrestling podcast, I've actually just thought about uh, starting it up as a way to get away from Justin. Yeah, as you're well, gonna. So. Yeah, maybe Jordan can be your new co-host because it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> this is Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. And I'm Mike Callahan, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and a law enforcement officer. Welcome to that jujitsu podcast. Our guest on the show today is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt from Des Moines, Iowa. He's planning on hosting a Jiu-Jitsu festival out in Des Moines, Iowa on August 21st through the 23rd that he's calling BJJ Woodstock. He's going to tell us all about the logistics of planning a show during a global pandemic, and he has a new way that he's getting more money into the hands of the fighters, and he's going to break that down for us as well. We're very excited to welcome to the show Jordan Peetzman. Thanks for coming on with us tonight. We really appreciate it, Jordan. Of course, man. I appreciate you guys having me and uh, giving me an opportunity to tell, uh, tell a little bit about the event and myself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we can we can dive right in. Uh, for anyone who may have not seen anything you've been posting about BJJ Woodstock, can you just give us a rundown of how it got started and, and what, what's going on? Uh, yeah, so I'll just kind of tell uh, what the event is. So BJJ Woodstock, it's going to be a, a three-day event here in Des Moines, Iowa. I know uh, a lot of people probably don't think of that as a, a hot jiu-jitsu destination or anything like that. But uh, flights right now are from just about any major city in the entire U.S. for that weekend are, are under $200. So um, it, it is a, a, a reasonable place for everybody to go. But uh, it's going to kick things off Friday night. Uh, with a free concert and weigh-in show. We'll have the, the weigh-ins for our professional card that will be taking place on Saturday night. And then uh, we'll also have a concert going with uh, some local music acts uh, intertwined between the weigh-ins to, to keep people there um, and having a good time throughout the night. And then Saturday morning, we're doing an open tournament for everybody, kids, teens, adults, masters, uh, gi and no gi, it's round robin, so people get plenty of matches. Uh, and that's an open tournament for everybody so they can register for that during the day. And then at night uh, in the auditorium, we have our professional card. Uh, and that's going to be some of Jiu-Jitsu's best kept secrets and uh, some of the lesser known stars of our sports uh, battling it out on our stage in a super fight format. And then Sunday is the festival. That's the BJJ Woodstock. Uh, that's when we're going to have uh, like a free roam festival of seminars in Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, wrestling, um, there's going to be experts in yoga, meditation, hypnotism, uh, sports psychology, all kinds of different booths and things going on there uh, the day of Sunday. And that's a free event for everybody to attend. And then uh, each of the seminars or the classes or the demonstrations are donation based. So uh, that allows the money to go directly from the hands of the consumers into the hands of the presenters and the athletes that are uh, putting on the, the seminars and classes uh, uh, there at the festival on Sunday. So that's a kind of a long-winded explanation of what it is, but uh, like I said, uh, three days of peace and jujitsu. That's the the tagline. I, I like that tagline. I, when I was doing some research, the the two things I liked the best were the tagline and then how you had talked about, like you had just said, giving a, a platform to some of jujitsu's best kept secrets. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a, a big part of what we've done as a promotion uh, in general ever since Subspectrum's been around. Uh, we're not going out there trying to, you know, get the biggest sponsor so that we can make the the biggest fight. You know, we're not going to pull Gordon Ryan in and pay him twenty thousand dollars for a match or or anything like that. Where we're about this uh, slow, steady, sustainable growth of the sport, and by building up these stars who otherwise might not get a platform to kind of showcase their skills, um, it makes the sport bigger. It's going to allow athletes to be able to make more. 
and uh, in general, it's just going to grow the sport and be a positive thing. So uh, that's something that I'm really pushing for. So how long has, I know, so for those of the listeners that don't know, Subspectrum is your, is your company, right? You've been running tournaments with Subspectrum? Yeah. Yep. And how long, uh, how long has that been around for? Uh, so it's been a little bit over three years ago. We ran our very first, like, it was just a tiny, like, two 16-man tournaments uh, at our gym three years ago in April. And then uh, it's kind of blossomed into this uh, this big event thing. So, um, you know, it started out as just a small cash prize brackets. And then we made it an open tournament and, like, uh, added in the Super Fight Show aspect. And now we're moving into, like, doing concerts and other events around the, the jiu-jitsu events. So it's been really cool to see. Uh, how it's evolved over the last three years with bjj woodstock what was the has this been something you've been planning for a long time did what's happening right now with the virus and everything accelerate those plans or slow those plans down um so i've kind of said this on a a couple other podcasts when people ask like similar questions and if i'm being completely honest i feel like i've been kind of preparing for this type of event like pretty much my entire life Uh, my mom tells me when i was like four years old i was like planning out my birthday parties like okay so this is when we're gonna eat and like this is when we're gonna go outside and then now we're gonna come in and you know open gifts at 5 p.m and like i was planning things out hour by hour but you know from the time i was four years old uh, like i said that continued throughout my young years like organizing awesome birthday parties every year i always wanted to entertain my friends and have like the coolest birthday party we lived out in the country so i had a trampoline i had a four-wheeler we had hay rides horses like all this stuff that my friends just like one one day a year they got to come out to my house and like do all this crazy stuff that they never got to do because uh, they lived in town and things like that um, and then you know in high school that kind of evolved into like wanting to throw the biggest parties so it's like you know inviting as many people as i can from all these different schools and taking every door off the hinges in my house so that I could, you know, fit in a few extra beer pong tables or whatever. And then uh, eventually that led to event promoting it uh, through jujitsu. So I finally kind of channeled it back into a, what I would consider a, a positive outlet. And, and now I'm putting on it through jujitsu. So, um, but the, the specific idea of, of BJJ Woodstock kind of came uh, just honestly throughout the pandemic, just somebody mentioning that, that BJ would, or not, sorry, regular Woodstock happened during a pandemic. And uh, just to, to kind of do something similar and to make it three days of, of, of jujitsu filled with music and all these other different parts of the Des Moines culture. Uh, it's something that I'm really excited to do. And how long have you been training? Uh, I've been training jujitsu about six and a half years. It'll be seven coming up in November. So uh, I just received my brown belt like a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at in my jujitsu journey. Now we're, uh, we're a little far away from Iowa, so I'm not in tune with the local news too much, but how has it been with cases there? Are you guys back to training like normal? What's the deal out there right now? Uh, yeah, so I mean, we're basically able to be open. Um, you know, they're still suggesting social distancing. So we're technically breaking the law in, in that respect by, by training. Um, but we are limiting the sizes of our classes. Um, we're taking temperatures at the door. Obviously, if anybody has any kind of symptoms, we're encouraging them to stay away from the gym for at least two to three weeks. Um, and we haven't had any, any cases within our gym um, or really anybody that we know from our gym. Uh, in Iowa, in general, the cases have stayed pretty low. We've never gone above 
Uh, I think I don't think we've ever gone about 15 deaths in a day. So I'm, I know that's like I'm not trying to downplay death or, or anything no, like no. that. But, no, I mean, but I mean, we we haven't seen uh, the, as serious of an outbreak as obviously you see in, in some of the, the bigger states and uh, out on the coasts. Um, so we're definitely very fortunate to to live in a place where we're almost like naturally socially distanced. Like all the towns are literally like 10 miles apart, and there's you know people don't get too close they're really friendly and, and give you plenty of space to to get past in the grocery store things like that like we've almost been social distancing our entire lives so um i, th I think that definitely does play a little bit into it uh, combined with the fact that we're not as densely populated as these other areas but uh but yeah sure sure i mean you mentioned some up-and-comers but you got the watson versus layton fight on there and they're two fucking monsters right like those guys are those guys are going to throw down on the card do they both train out there? Um, so Matt Layton, he uh, trains very close to here in Iowa City, about an hour and a half, two hours away. He just recently opened his own gym, uh, Citadel BJJ, and he's got already a really, really good following at his gym. He's got some really good blue belts that are coming up, and he's building a really strong program out there. Um, Jake is actually from Arizona. Um, he's somebody who I, I met through doing like podcasts. We were doing the, the Verbal Tap podcast. Uh, like I said, Matt has a really strong team. He brings a lot of people to the tournament. Uh, he, his team supports the, the event really well, so I always try to find him matches. Uh, and this was one I definitely wanted to make, and they were both down for it. Uh, stylistically, I think it's exciting. Um, they both have uh, – they're known for having really good guards, but I think they both have really underrated top games, so it's going to be interesting to see who takes the top in that match and uh, if they're able to – to, to dominate in those positions. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for that match and then uh, some of the other matches on the card as well. We we actually have, like, a, the guy who owns Citadel BJJ with, with Matt Layton is Jim Kelly. Yep. And he's, he's actually from out this way. Um, he he was at our school a few times way back when, but he, he's friends with the um, – the owner of, of revolution where Justin trains at now. So he's got some, he's got PA ties and um, oh, it's good Small to see world. that they're thriving. I know that he came out for, he was, he was out there with the Hawkeye wrestling club. Right. And that's how he ended up getting out there. And then he linked up with, with Matt Layton. So yeah, yeah they've got, they have a really, really strong uh, jujitsu program at the university, the university of Iowa. They, there's, they've had a ton of like uh, purple, brown and black belts come up through that system uh, just right there at the college. So um, they've been really successful, and now that they've opened their own gym, they've, they've uh, continued that success. So it's good to see. That's awesome. Yeah, Mike's also a college wrestling nerd, so I think we should move on before he goes down a wormhole. Yeah, do you want to talk about Iowa wrestling? Like, I'll, I'll, let's go. Let's, <laughs> any, anything you need. This is that jiu-jitsu podcast, not that college wrestling podcast. That's a <laughs> yeah, if you show. want to be on that college wrestling podcast, I've actually just thought about uh, starting it up as a way to get away from Justin yeah, as you're well. Gonna, so. yeah, maybe Jordan can be your new co-host because it's not going to be me. <laughs> I'm That's not super up-to-date on everything wrestling, but I, I could probably still talk some. Jordan, I actually first saw you on Instagram at the beginning of the pandemic because every day part of like my daily routine would be go on Instagram, see how Jordan's beating up his chair today, what <laughs> techniques can I use to drill? Where did that start and how did that snowball into – I think it was like at one point you were posting a couple times a day I was seeing – yeah, chair takedowns, I, chair guard <laughs> passes. The momentum of that was kind of crazy. But um, 
I, I was just kind of like messing around joking one day because I, I was making videos for my kids class. Uh, we, we were still hosting like a, a virtual kids class three days a week. Um, so I was trying to think of just like innovative ways for them to be able to train at home. And I was trying to be a little bit funny too. Um, so I, I made one of those videos for them and they, they got a huge kick out of it. And I was like, you know what, I'll just start throwing these up on Instagram. Like if I make <laughs> and uh, it just like it came became like this game with myself of like, what can I like? What can I do to this chair that actually looks like a legit jujitsu move and like actually have it look smooth and like it's a, a good technique video, not just like kind of kicking it together and everything. Um, so like every day I would just kind of wake up and just it was kind of my my routine, a way of like keeping me engaged, thinking about jujitsu, um, because you know a chair does have a really good base for structural legs that keeps it you know standing upright. So if you're thinking about doing it without brute force, you really have to think about what what technique it's going to take to sweep a chair to submit a chair, whatever. Um, I, I actually think that that helped me uh, keep my mind engaged during the quarantine. So uh, like I said, it just kind of snowballed and I kept going, and then eventually I kind of just ran out of things that I could actually yeah. like, I mean there's like, only I, so pretty, much you can do to a chair yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like I've pretty much done everything at this point like I'm sure there's somebody out there that can think of somebody something else but I'm done well I, I so I guess the the chair can take partial credit for BJJ Woodstock because it kept your mind engaged with led to right. Woodstock it led so. to this yeah, whole thing. exactly I needed it I needed it just to keep my mind on it and then I wasn't even thinking about events at the, the beginning of the pandemic obviously because uh, we, we were supposed to put on an event at the end of May and then the, the pandemic hit and I just pretty much knew right away based on uh, the way things were going that it wasn't going to happen even though we were like eight to ten weeks out. Um, so I kind of I had already put it in the back of my head that we weren't going to be able to put on an event and just was uh, thinking about other things I guess. Now is there plans to make this uh, annual thing? Is this something you want to try to repeat or is it sort of a let's see how this first one goes and go from there? Yeah, I mean, I'm always just looking forward to the first thing just to see how this all turns out, how people receive it and stuff. But I think uh, we have some really good ideas and I think uh, it's being received very well. And uh, even if this particular event isn't as successful or as big as I want it to be, I know that uh, that's going to lead to bigger successes in the future. Um, so I, I would definitely like to make this a, a one year or once a year thing where we do this uh, three day festival. I've actually got a, a name for the one for next year already. Uh, thought up um, and we're, we're already trademarking it and everything because I think it's genius but um, uh, so yeah it's, it's something we want to try to do every year with just kind of like normal tournaments and uh, super fight shows sprinkled throughout as well uh, we, we're really happy with the venue that we've uh, acquired here in Des Moines it's uh, an incredible renovation product project it's an old school that turned into a church and it was vacant for many years and then uh, a guy bought it and he's completely renovated it they're like putting in a hotel inside of it and a restaurant um, and this auditorium is just going to be perfect for everything that we want to do. It's like cameras, camera wise, it's the same setup you would see for like a Joe Rogan or a Dave Chappelle comedy uh, special. So the, the fact that we have those tools at our disposal to be able to, to broadcast a jujitsu event is going to be huge for us. And uh, we kind of want to keep the event right here in Des Moines. That's kind of the idea at this time. How many, how many uh, people are you expecting for this? I saw on the Instagram page that you had to kind of, you had to limit it a little bit due to this, the pandemic and the social distancing, but yeah, we have to, we have to create like a visual, you know, it obviously it, it's going to be reasonable. Like you, you can go near your family members and stuff, but we kind of have to create this visual of social distancing by having like one chair and then three chairs empty and then one chair and then three chairs yeah. empty. It's, it's silly and, but it's, we've got to do it. But 
uh, we had initially projected that we would definitely sell out that auditorium and then some we were going to probably have to have some tables. Uh, so it would have been like 600 plus seats. And then now uh, where we're limited to 250, uh, we might be able to squeeze a little bit more than that in there with tables and whatnot. But uh, I definitely don't expect those tickets to last long, especially once we start lo uh, uh, sorry, announcing some of the more uh, local matchups. Uh, those guys will obviously sell a lot of tickets and 250 will go really quickly. So I'm sure. Have yeah. you had a lot of applications from fighters trying to get on the show? Is it more uh, yeah, than you've the, expected or about what you expected to see? Uh, uh, it's been like way more than I expected and way more than we've ever had for any other event. I think in the past, like for, you know, it was uh, a specific event and a specific weight class. So there was a lot less, but we'd only had like 90 applications. This one, we're pushing almost 300 applications. Wow. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah. And uh, like the, that's insane to me. Like I couldn't believe that that many fighters or that many people want to be on the show. So in the past, it's been kind of like hard to put together matchups this time. I don't think we're going to have any problem. Like there's plenty of people from local gyms or within a, a three to four hour drive that we can put together a really good card. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. Now, are you tasked with like the mat matchmaking? Is there a brain trust that's at the, uh, at the center of this thing to put these matches together or so that's mostly me uh i'm definitely bouncing these ideas off of like friends and colleagues and people in the community that that uh are, you know other promoters and things like that so I, I get a lot of help from other promoters um and, and people in the sport as well uh just like you know who would who do you think would go good against this guy from the midwest because you know there's always people that that know or have heard of people from from different areas that maybe another promoter hasn't so it's good to have those people at your disposal um but yeah i specifically pretty much make a lot of the matchups i'm the one communicating with fighters um you know all of that stuff awesome yeah and you mentioned the the camera setup and everything where can people watch it if they're not in des moines uh so that you can watch it on the subspectrum youtube channel is it going to so, be a live stream or is it going to you going to post it like after the fact it'll be live yep so that's awesome. uh, anybody cool. that's not not at the event we we we're so um like so we feel so strongly about the product that we're going to be able to put out there that like by putting it out free we know that like on the day of the event even if you know only 400 people tune in at the first hour and a half like those people are going to share it and people are going to see like the high quality production that we're putting out there um so so we know the day of the event's going to be like our you know kind of like our coming out moment like we have we do all this planning leading up to the event but we know on on the night of the show like that thing's going to get shared thousands of times and like I, I believe that everybody in the jiu-jitsu community is going to watch it um, just because there's not going to be a lot of other things going on and because of uh, the high product that we're going to be able to put out. I know that you said that um, that Jake's going to be out there. You put something on YouTube. Now, they're, you're going to have commentators and everything. Is he is he kind of spearheading the, the commentating? Yeah, and so uh, him and his uh, co-host for the Open Guard cast, Danny O'Donnell, uh, they're going to be the uh, the official commentary team. Um, so Jake's competing and it'll most likely be the main event, the last match on the card. Um, so he'll be commentating for however long he wants leading up to that point, And then he can take off at that point. And then uh, we also have uh, another friend of ours that'll be uh, jumping in on commentary. And then we'll probably have fighters some uh, coming off after they win uh, and sitting down at the commentary table as well. So we'll have rotating guests and other people that can work in with them as well. Oh, that'll be fun. That'll be cool for those you, guys. Yeah. You got this whole thing planned out, man. This is uh, this is going to be exciting. Yeah, and uh, it's, it's the first time where I feel like I've been able to pass uh, 
pass tasks off to other people. So that's exciting. Um, in the past, I didn't have a lot of people around me that I trusted. And now I really feel like I have the crew and the freedom to be able to pull off a lot of the ideas that I've had for years, but just didn't have the, uh, the equipment or the staff to do so. Yeah, you that's need awesome. that team, man. When you're planning a big event like this, you need that team to lean on. So the event is sort of functioning like a charity. Can you tell us how that's working and where that's going? Yeah, so uh, in the first couple of days of announcing the event, um, like probably I think eight to ten people reached out to me and wanted to donate a hundred dollars uh, just to the cause. They they loved the the philosophy behind BJJ Woodstock. They thought that uh, some of the ideas that I had for for creating these additional avenues for for financial security throughout the event uh, for the athletes uh, was a really interesting thing and they, they wanted to be a part of it. So uh, I immediately had to decide what I was going to do with that money because I didn't just want to throw it on top of the profit that I was going to make for the rest of the event. Um, so I decided we were going to do a program and it's uh, something, an idea that I kind of stole from Andrew Yang uh, when he was running for president. He had an idea for democracy dollars. And what it was is they would, you would give a virtual hundred dollars to every U.S. citizen and they would be able to donate that to the political campaign of their choice. And what that would do is it would drown out the lobbyist cash that decides uh, a lot of our laws and policies by a factor of eight to one. So uh, the companies would either have to up the amount that they're paying into the into the lobby into the lobbies by eight, or the you know the people would have a voice and and they would be able to actually make a change. So I wanted to find a way to incorporate that into Grappling. So what we're going to do is we're going to take the total amount donated through uh, our cash app. So you can create a free account. You get five dollars. We get five dollars. And then if you want to, you can donate on top of that. Um, but either way, we're taking the total amount and we're dividing it by the number of tickets that we sell to the event that night. And then each ticket holder will be able to give their virtual dollars to the athlete of their choice on the card. Um, and then, you know, they'll have whatever that amount is of a virtual amount of $7 or $13 and each person will be able to grant that to an athlete. And then you will be immediately able to cut the athletes another check uh, on top of what they're making for tickets and on top of what they're making for their purses and uh, on top of the guys that are, are doing seminars and things like that. Uh, we're trying to create as many uh, additional avenues for money to go directly from consumers into the hands of the athletes. Um, so that's what we're doing with that. That is very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that's an innovative idea, man. That's, yeah, man. Very I've never cool. heard of that. Very that's cool. That's great. And uh, if people want to check that out, they can go to subspectrumbjj.com slash donate. Or if you go to bjjwoodstock.com, uh, go to the bottom, there's a donate button. And uh, it explains in there, you know, if, if, if I didn't make sense here, maybe it'll make more sense in word form. Um, you can read it on there and, and see exactly what we're doing with the money. And then, uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, right. man, this is, uh, this is definitely, it seems like, especially at this time, this is something that jujitsu needs. So, you know, we maybe, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And maybe this is a, a new format that maybe some other people can take some inspiration from and get some more money going directly to athletes. I, I, we actually talked on our last episode about how I'm always in favor of athletes making more money. So I think this is a, a great idea you're putting on here. I'm excited for it. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm excited for it too. And uh, just to, I know that more ideas are going to pop up, and we're going to be able to think of more, you know, creative and innovative ways to to get money in the hands of athletes. And that's something I'm excited about. I, I I'm an athlete. I've competed. I've done a handful of super fight shows around the country. So uh, I want to be able to to take all the things that I wish I could have in the, the events that I compete in and put it into my event and have other athletes be able to experience that. That's that's something that. Uh, really excites me about this. 
I've been I've been reading all this stuff about the show and and I've just been so excited for it to happen. I was really hoping that you'd be able to come on. So we're we're very appreciative of you breaking it down for us. Heck yeah, man! Thanks for having me on and giving me a platform to talk. Absolutely, man. Anytime yeah. you want to come back, you're always welcome. We'll do. All right. Thanks, but, Jordan. Take yeah, care. Thank thanks, you. man. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Special thanks to Jordan for coming on and talking about the show. Uh, if you'd like to follow him. You can find him on Instagram at Jordan underscore Jitsu. And if you'd like more information about the show, you can follow uh, his company at Subspectrum. Also, don't forget that you can watch the videos of all of our episodes on YouTube. You just have to search for That Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at that underscore jujitsu underscore podcast. And if you'd like to follow me, you can find me at M underscore Callahan 106. And if you want to follow me directly, you can follow me at Justin Lesko. If you want early access to episodes like this and early access to the other interview we're going to put out this week, make sure you visit us at patreon.com slash that jujitsu podcast. And for the next two weeks, anyone that follows us on Patreon is going to get a free t-shirt from the show. So make sure you check it out. You're supposed to say thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.